0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Bryant, Chuck Bryant. You pointed at me as if I was supposed to say, hey, and welcome to the podcast. I know. I almost did. I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the trick is to point... And start talking at almost the same time. Uh, There needs to be like a, maybe, eight or ten millisecond delay. All right, all you journalism school students, broadcasting tips from Josh. Throws everybody (laughs) off of their game. It's good. Point and speak. Like, you know what I just did? I just assumed domination of this podcast. The the whole thing. Well, you do that every time. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) So, Chuck, have you ever seen Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of times. Did you know that by my estimate, Gilligan's Island holds the record for most number of episodes used by a television show featuring quicksand as a device? I've got five. Five. Yeah. yeah. Me, me too. Gilligan got caught. Skipper
0: got caught. Mr. Howell faked his death. Remember that one?
1: No. What did he do? Just put the hat on top of some quicksand? Yeah.
0: That's exactly what he did.
1: Yeah, I do remember that.
0: <laughs> he changed his will to, to include the castaways and he thought they were trying to kill him. So he ran away and faked his death. Oh. But they were really just planning a party for him. I'll bet. And then uh botanist Lord Beasley, who was a, uh, one of their random guests that they had.
1: I don't remember him.
0: I don't either. And Ginger and Marianne apparently got caught one night. Huh. That's some sexy quicksand. I'll bet it is, <laughs> yeah.
1: So... um I I don't think there's anybody out there who's unfamiliar with quicksand. No. It's just such a great little throw to Anytime there's a jungle scene or something and things are getting boring and you're a writer and it's 1957 or 1968 or 1985, Uh you say quicksand.
0: Yeah. You don't see it a lot lately in films and TV, though.
1: We've gotten slightly more sophisticated. I think people case, realize it was point.
0: not really a big thing.
1: I don't think it's just with quicksand. Yeah. I think we have gotten generally more sophisticated. Um, in the 80s, who were pretty much throughout the whole decade the biggest box office draws?
0: Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger maybe? Yeah.
1: Um, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Sure. Yeah. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Not a very thinking decade, right? Yeah, good point. Then you move into the 90s, and you have more guys like Edward Norton. RDJ. Uh, whoever that is. Robert Downey Jr. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Who I, I am very heartened to see is making quite a comeback. Well, he He's gotten off of the black tar and into uh, life.
0: And into box office gold.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Sherlock Holmes? No. I have seen that movie like eight times. Are we ever going to talk about quicksand? <laughs> so quicksand, Chuck, can it kill you? Uh,
0: I saw a thing that said, theoretically, if you were stuck over your head and you couldn't get out, obviously you could drown in it, but I believe you have a a scientific study to refute that.
1: There was a study, and we found from researching, reading an article on the site, and just kind of looking around, there's a very finite amount of information out there on quicksand because – there's just a finite amount to know about quicksand. It's not as exciting as it is in the movies I'll w- say that which explains my Robert Downey Jr. tirade right <laughs> um, there was a 2005 study that pretty much put the period on the sentence about quicksand and it said it's physically impossible for a human being to to sink into a pit of quicksand and die.
0: Okay sure. I think this. What I suppose was if you were like dropped on your head into the quicksand. Yes. But it's usually not even so deep as to be taller than a human. So.
1: No, there, there. If if you're just a just a guy, if it's just you or I, that's me. And we, you go into a, you fall into a pit of quicksand yes. that is say seven feet deep. Okay. Which is exceedingly rare. Sure. Right. Yeah, Most yeah. of the time it's much shallower than that. So right. you just stand up. Yeah. Right. Um. We are less dense than quicksand. Our The density of the human body is about one gram per cubic centimeter or about one gram per milliliter of water. Okay. All right? Quicksand is about twice that. So yeah. if you just sit there, you become buoyant. Yeah, you, you float, float on
0: water, and quicksand is denser than water, so you'll definitely float on uh, quicksand.
1: Exactly. So you can't Are we sink. done? We We could be. Um, but let's talk about sand and the properties of quicksand, which, by the way, is uh, falls under the purview of a field of science called rheology. Really? It's the study of, um, basically, it's the study of the flow and deformation of unusual things like mayonnaise or silly putty <laughs> or quicksand. Seriously. Right. Um, so rheology studies quicksand, foam, things like that, mm-hmm. um, things that... Like mayonnaise, when you carve some mayonnaise out with a knife, Mm -hmm. it doesn't go back to a flat surface like it it should, but it's still liquid, technically. It should have flow. It doesn't. Yeah. Rheology.
0: (laughs) I love mayo. Mayo man, Josh. Uh, Quicksand is, if we want to define it, it's solid ground, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not like the oatmeal. I tried to find out what they used in movies, and the closest I could find was Fuller's Earth, like mixed with water. You ever heard of Fuller's Earth? It's this really, really powdery uh dirt, light brown and you use it a lot on film sets for all sorts of stuff. Gotcha. But uh that's what I think it is anyway. It looks like oatmeal to me. But in reality it's solid ground and it's just liquefied solid earth because it's been super saturated.
1: Yeah. Uh and there's generally two ways that uh it can occur, right? Yeah. Um there is the upward movement of water. Sure. Say from a spring. Uh-huh. Or um an earthquake. Yeah. Can kind of loosen it, and then you couple that with the introduction of water. Yeah. Bam, quicksand. Not too far from a sinkhole in some ways. No, not too far at
0: all, frankly. We've been
1: on a geology kick lately, haven't I we? I know. I was thinking that we're kind of completing an earth sciences module <laughs> yeah. here. It, we're, this is our elementary school science project. Exactly, yeah. Um So that's pretty much the two ways that quicksand can form. Um And especially with one, say, where you have... um a, uh, an upward movement. Right. All right, let's talk about sand in general. Okay. Dry sand. Yes. You're walking along the beach. You're getting uh, friction from the ground, uh-huh. which is why you're not falling down. Yeah. Right? Um, the, the sand has a something that's called a friction chain, I believe. Right. And that means that the the force that you're putting on it is distributed across the particles, right? so it forms a solid layer. Sure. There's solid resistance, mm-hmm. right? Um, with quicksand, the water molecules have been introduced in enough- um, They're agitated, right? Well, not, you don't even need to agitate it. If oh, you, you know. can get water in there- Okay. Say, through a spring- Right. Floating upward. Um, the water molecules are forming basically little pockets around the sand particles. They're right. not- they're not connected by friction any longer right right so they're they're not solid yeah. they're not stable and then if you add um some sort of movement mm-hmm. say an earthquake or somebody's foot for the force of somebody's foot going on it right. then it just that that whole um, whatever friction there is that keeps it stable right uh, is lost
0: right so like you've been to the beach right remember when you were a kid you've never been to the beach yeah <laughs> uh I've been to the beach with you, my friend, San Diego. That's right. Although we didn't, you know, frolic or anything. No, it's kind of cold. There's was no time. December. No time for frolicking, no. unfortunately. Um But you remember, like when you were a kid, let's say you would walk into where the water is uh, coming up and then receding, and you would start to sink a little bit, and yeah. then your feet would kind of, you know, if you let yourself go, your feet would become stuck. Right. And I remember being a kid and thinking, wow, that's kind of frightening. Because they would really become
1: locked in if you get up to, let's say, your ankle. And that's kind of just the same principle, right? Right, that's the exact same principle. It's the same thing with like uh, wet concrete too. When you, when your foot, say your foot or your leg goes in there and is occupying space, you're creating this density, right? Uh, it, which I guess creates some sort of suction force, like a vacuum. Yeah, vacuum, which exactly. makes it very difficult to pull out. Mm-hmm. Um, that 2005 study in Nature concluded that to pull your foot out of quicksand at a rate of one centimeter a second, which is Fairly moderate. I think I can do that. That looks like one centimeter a second, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Um, it, to do that when it's stuck in quicksand requires the equivalent amount of force that it would take to lift a medium-sized car. So, like, only Chuck Norris could probably do that. Chuck Norris and only Chuck Norris. Right. Wow. Definitely not Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's crazy. Right. So, you don't want to try to move your feet at, um, you know, a centimeter a second. You want to slowly move them, and you want to sure. wriggle them, from what I understand. Wriggle? You want to wriggle, actually, because what you're doing is you're very slowly creating right. um, space, pockets, around your legs, which are stuck. Right. That allows the water to come in, which allows it to break Less up resistance. the sand right. sediment, right? So are you talking about how to actually get out of quicksand? It feels like that's what we just moved into.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the one part that I've found is similar to the movie's. Everything else is kind of really just a movie type of uh, type of thing mm-hmm. but it is true they say if you the more you move and struggle the more you will sink right just like regular water though if you were drowning mm-hmm. they say the same thing if you were drowning and you actually calm down you could you would float right but your constant thrashing about will pull you under
1: right and, and it, it creates the, a stronger vacuum basically yeah. the more you move right sure. um, Have you seen that uh, man versus wild? Segment, no. Where he's in quicksand. <laughs> now I've Dude, seen the, the show. Dude, the guy gets into um, a thing of quicksand, real life quicksand, uh-huh. and shows you how to get out. Really? And it's it, like, have your you, cameraman hand you a rope. <laughs> that, well, that was another thing too from that study in nature. Uh-huh. Again, this thing is like the you know you don't need to do. It, it's been done. No, right. no, no other study needs to be done on quicksand. Sure. Um, but they they said one of the authors said. Don't um, ask your friends to pull you out, say, with the vine or a stick. Well, that's what they always do in the movies. I know. It could conceivably pull you in half. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. One yeah. of the authors of that, wow. uh, that study, that rheology study, said, you don't want to do that. What did Bear Grylls do? He slowly wriggled his way out, right? Uh, okay. And the weird thing is, is he's it's just the oddest thing. I would recommend everybody like uh I'm sure Discovery has it. We probably have it. Sure. If not, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube, but you know, Bear and Quicksand or something like that. Right. Um he's in this it looks like a beach. You know the how, how the beach looks at like um kind of medium tide or something? So it's like there's the sand but then there's this thin layer of water over it. Yeah. Just kinda floating on the top. Mm-hmm. Um he's in that and he's up to about his waist in, in quicksand, and he's pulling himself out. So he's got his elbow up on the very quicksand that the rest of his body is in. But
0: it's resting on top of it yeah, almost?
1: Yeah, it looks really odd. I might have seen that, actually. It's pretty cool. Um, But he slowly pulls out, and, and what you want to do is get into a uh, supine position on right. your back because you're just going to float because, again, you're less dense than quicksand.
0: Good point. Uh, obviously, you're going to find quicksand. I mean, you can find it anywhere if the conditions are right, but generally, you're going to find it more around like marshes and rivers, mm-hmm. oceans,
1: uh,
0: where there's groundwater.
1: Yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, if you are hapless enough to um, get caught in quicksand um, in like a uh, uh, along a beach on a shore, uh-huh. you're going to want to get out of there very slowly but surely, because eventually the tide's going to come in. And <laughs> you're in big trouble. Oh. Especially if you've seen Creep Show. You oh, think, yeah. You know what happens to Ted Danson. Yeah, buried up to his head, wasn't he? Yeah, by Leslie Nielsen. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that was no naked gun joke. That was the real deal. It really was. What else we got? Uh, well, Dry Quicksand, you sent that article to me?
1: Yeah, uh, that article was, um, written by our buddy Alan Bellows who we've actually never met and don't know, but I have a (laughs) tremendous amount of respect for. He's over at Damn Interesting. I think he's the founder. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, And he wrote an article on quicksand and was talking about, like you said, dry quicksand, right?
0: Yeah, and this is not um, anything that they've observed in nature, but they have created this in a lab, right, where um, I think the sand is sort of like a house of cards. It's so loose that it it barely can hold its own
1: weight. Right. It's like kind of, I think it was say so you, you had sand kicked up by a dust storm right and then when it's deposited again if it's deposited theoretically right because like you said it doesn't it's, it's never been proven to exist outside of the lab right but theoretically if it was deep enough it could look like it was solid right and for all intents and purposes it was stable until you walk on it right the problem is is if it's deeper than you are tall there's nothing there's no water to make you buoyant you're you're gone it will kill you it will swallow you whole. <laughs> Uh, and and yeah, it's uh, like so. When you go down, it puffs up some sand. Right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Like the movie Dune or something. Like you would be swallowed into the very sand.
1: Frank Herbert, quite a visionary. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, folklore, as far as we know. Although it has been, like you said, done in the lab. And there's a cool, um, there's a cool like series of photos um, of it looks like an apple on top of some dry quicksand. Oh sucked yeah. Sucked under. I saw that. And if you look at the time. It's like seven hundredths of a second. Wow. Or maybe seven-tenths of a second. Almost like a sinkhole. Yes, again. Geology special. Yes. What should we do next? Like crystals? Yeah. Okay. Why we'll not? do crystal skulls. Caves and crystal skulls. Uh, should we talk
0: a little bit more about the movies and TV?
1: I think we should. Um. Again. You got anything else? Not a lot about quicksand. <laughs> that yeah.
0: almost sounds conciliatory.
1: Like, I'm sorry we did this one.
0: Uh, Josh, Blazing Saddles, of course, I always mention one of my favorite films, had a quick scene, uh, quicksand scene Mm -hmm. early on. Mm -hmm. Very funny. Um, there was a movie in 1967. Actually, we should point out, we got all these from quicksandmovies.net and they, I think literally have every reference of quicksand ever in film and TV history.
1: It's your one stop shop for quicksand movie references.
0: So I, I just plucked a few interesting ones that were relevant to us. Um. Well, actually, this one isn't relevant to us, but the rest are. There was one movie called The Acid Eaters, a.k.a. The Acid People. From 1967, four average middle-class couples become weekend hippies, riding motorcycles, frolicking nude, and having a climactic, uh, I can't say that word, um, adult party on a large white pyramid of LSD. (laughs) (laughs) During a topless catfight, a woman is thrown into the quicksand up to her bare chest as several bad actors stand around and watch. The next shot is just her arm above the surface giving everyone the finger. <laughs> huh. you got to check that out. Sounds like a classic. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about TV. It's been in one episode of MacGyver. Yeah. Three episodes of Benny Hill. Yeah,
1: I saw that too. <laughs>
0: three G.I. Joe cartoons. hmm Three episodes of Dynasty. Four episodes of Fantasy Island. Of course, I knew that would have been a little higher. Yeah. I love this one. Four episodes of General Hospital.
1: Has it really? Yeah.
0: So she said, in a hospital, had four quicksand incidences.
1: No, I think I saw one um, back in like 81 or 82 when Luke and Laura were trapped on some island or something. Yeah,
0: there's always like an island scenario in a soap opera.
1: And there's always quicksand when there's an island. Of course. Uh, Magnum P.I., you want to talk about this one? I want you to. Uh,
0: The show was called Operation Silent Night from 1980. The guys were stranded on a barren
1: island at Christmas because the... Helicopter broke. Not just a barren island, a barren island that's being used for naval bombing exercises. That's right. It's very tense.
0: And uh, while gathering palm fronds, Rick walks into a mud bog, thinks it's quicksand, and he sinks up to his chin before the guys tell him to stand up and get out.
1: Yeah, and if you ever do fall into quicksand, keep, your, keep calm if you're with your friends Make sure that you've hit the bottom. I've actually done this before. What what you are just describing happened to Rick happened to me, and it's terrifying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Really? It's terrifying. I was screeching like, help, get me out, right? Uh-huh. And uh, I realized that my feet were on solid ground. Right. I, I'm not kidding. This really <laughs> happened. I believe it. Okay, thank you. Um, And uh, it's very scary, but once you realize you have your footing, it's very relieving. But if you can kind of keep the feigned terror right, going, sure. afterward, you just stop, hold out your hands, and go... Ta-da.
0: And Hippie Rob will say, oh, man, that was a close one.
1: Actually, it wasn't Hippie Rob. It was uh, another hippie friend, Justin, who was there. Hippie Justin. Yeah, he can attest to it.
0: Uh, I guess we'll close out with three episodes of The Simpsons. Let's. Mole Man was in quicksand at one point. Yeah. <laughs> the cat of The Simpsons, I think there was a water leak or something, and the, and the litter acted as quicksand and sucked the cat into it. I don't remember that. And then, of course, the scene where uh the episode where Marge and Homer went to a spa, Homer's getting the... uh massage by the woman and she's walking on his back and she starts sinking into his back fat. (laughs) he tells her not to struggle. Yeah. He'll only sink faster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. That's it. That is quicksand done and done. If you want to see a uh, pretty cool flash animation of some guy in a sleeveless t-shirt sinking in quicksand uh, and if you want to read the only article on how stuff works that explicitly cites the worst case scenario handbook Yeah. Just type quicksand, one word, into the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Again, check out uh, Damn Interesting's article. It's very cool. And if you can uh, find anything about rheology, check it out. It's pretty interesting stuff.
0: Right? You know, I knew a a guy in L.A. that knew the dude that wrote those books. Oh, really? The worst-case scenario books.
1: We have a fan who uh, loaded wrote a I'm sure yeah. who wrote a uh, zombie survival handbook. did you ever read that? I did. It is excellent. It is
0: way excellent.
1: I love that book. I read it from cover to cover, Chuck. really? First time ever. So um go ahead. Oh yeah, which means it's time for <laughs> listener mail. I
0: acted like I couldn't go forward. actually Josh and Lou listener mail this week. this is gonna be fun. Today on Facebook with your permission. I said, you know what? Listener mail's getting a little dry, so why don't we just take some questions from the Facebook fans, and we'll answer like 10 quick ones on the air. Okay. And uh, I'll highlight some for you. And we got like 180 questions (laughs) inside an hour. Are we just doing like,
1: what's it, that many? 180 in an hour? And
0: climbing. I had to cut it off.
1: Did we, uh, are we just reading their first names or first and last? I would say just first. But what about the privacy settings on
0: Facebook? (laughs) Renee says, do you discuss what points you'll cover ahead of time, or does it happen more organically? And uh, as most people know, we, we kind of don't prep that much with each other at all. We just do our research, and then we come in, and we have our first conversation
1: right here. That's right. Um, today we broke protocol With me sending Chuck that damn interesting article, that's about as close as we come to really sharing information. Yeah. We're very, um, we jealously guard our own research, don't we? If it feels spontaneous and conversational, it's because it is. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I got one. This is from Nick. If one of you couldn't make a recording and the oat hair had to choose a replacement, (laughs) dash, who would be your fantasy recording partner?
0: Yeah, I, I can never record with anyone else but you. that was very sweet. I'll say the same thing, though. Yeah, I'll say you up there. Uh, Nicholas says, how does Josh get prepared when he writes an article? And how do you manage to remember all the names when you're recording? That's for you.
1: All the, all the names when we're recording? What do you mean?
0: Well, how, how do you get prepared when you write an article, and how do you remember all this junk that we say?
1: Oh, um, I have found that my brain is a lot more sponge-like than I uh, ever realized before. Sometimes you've seen it. Um, I'll just be sitting there spouting stuff off and I'll like, give you this look like, can you believe that I'm not looking at a piece of paper right now? Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, to get prepared, I um, drink two raw eggs out of a glass. Yeah, Rocky style. Uh-huh. And then um, I find that I podcast best. I'm at my most relaxed when I'm pantsless as I am right now. Tony, to Jerry, if Josh and Chuck were trapped in a burning building and you only had time to save one of them before it collapsed and killed the other, who would you save? And here's Jerry's response to that. Oh, Jerry, that was so nice. Thank you for saying that. I have one. Uh, This one's from Anna. Uh, Where did you each go to college and what were your majors? Chuck, I know where you went to college. We went to the same college. We did. We did. UGA, University of Georgia. Yes, go dogs! How are we looking this year? Are we going to have a decent football team? Uh, you can never tell. Fingers crossed.
0: Uh, English major here. I think you were too, right? No, history and oh, I
1: minored right. in anthropology. I knew that. Why did yes. I say that? So there you have it.
0: Uh, Jessica Crouch, a uh, Facebook fan and a looker. She says, what's, <laughs> what's our biggest pet peeve? I think mine is the cell phone, loud cell phone talkers in public. I'm not into that.
1: Biggest pet peeve. Um... I would say, geez, I, don't, I have so many of them. I'll just grab one out of thin air. Uh, people who um, misspell there, depending on the context. Good one. But that's just so dumb, but I guess all pet peeves are dumb, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. A couple more? Sure. Uh, Nikki says, any podcasts that you're both itching to do but haven't plucked up the courage to do yet? Yes. Furries and paraphilias. Chuck? Uh,
0: Scientology. Nice. I don't want to get
1: rubbed out. Uh, Where did Josh go to high school from Bob, the Toledo dude? Uh, I actually went to Sprayberry High School in beautiful Marietta, Georgia, but I went to junior high school in Toledo at Burndale Junior High. Again, the Bulldogs. I have a Bulldogs theme going through my educational history. Becca says,
0: think of someone close to you who has passed away if you had a chance to spend one more hour with them, but it would cost you a year of your life, would you and who? and i would absolutely shave a year off of my old life to hang out with my granddad like as an adult wow because he was a cool dude and i he died when i was like 14 so i didn't get a chance to like talk to him about good adult stuff
1: that is very neat very neat chuck um i have one for you matt ramsey has a question for you chuck I imagine it's not for me because I don't have a. Well, you don't want to be in my basement. All right. Too many, too many horrible acts have been committed <laughs> down there. Uh, can my band come open up for your band in your basement, Chuck? Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Matt, you send a uh, an email to stuffpodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. dot com. I'll give you directions <laughs> to Chuck's house. My dog will be very excited to have someone else down there playing. I've got another one. All right, Noel says, "What is the difference between a cream soup and a chowder?" Can I answer this one? Yeah. So, Chuck, it's really actually all geography. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, The French word for pot evolved into chauder, Uh chaudron, chaudron. Or cauldron, maybe? Maybe. Later? Yeah. And uh, that's the only difference. There's no um, cooking difference, there's no ingredient difference. That's what I've heard. It's all just. If you're in New England, it's a chowder. Yep. If
0: you're elsewhere, it's cream soup. Yep. All right, that's it for those, but we got another batch coming on the next podcast.
1: The next one? Yeah, the one we record right after this one. Oh, really? Do we? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for asking your questions. If you want to pose us a question or say hi or whatever you want to do, join us on Facebook. You can find us at uh, facebook.com slash know. I believe. Um, You can search for us, Stuff You Should Know, and then website in parentheses. We're also on Twitter. Follow us there, S-Y-S-K Podcast. And you can email us, as always, at StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.